Bob, what are we doing today? We're talking about why we left YouTube and started this podcast thing. We're going to take a look at, uh, talk about some of that Facebook trial stuff. Uh, apparently, Twitter has all of our passwords. We'll probably talk about that a little bit and uh, maybe talk about how the uh, USA is going to figure out if we can even handle the mind-blowing concept of GDPR. So uh, I think that gives us a pretty good platform to start. And with that, how's it going, Kevin? It is a wonderful uh, Saturday, May the 5th. Um, uh, today is the also known as the day after Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you belated. And it's also Cinco de Mayo. So happy Cinco de Mayo to you. Ole, ole, ole. Uh, isn't it also known as Sith Day or I don't know? I don't, oh, May the Sith? <laughs> I don't know. Ooh, I don't know. Maybe. That's way too nerdy for my likings. Yeah, well... Uh, not for me. I I, I could sit and uh, binge on being nerdy all the time. So anyway, so and yeah, that's a major premise of our show. <laughs> so yeah, so let's just like uh, jump in front of the. Uh, I don't know if it's the elephant in the room or I guess the breaking news for us, and that is we are uh, switching platforms. Are we not? Yeah, YouTube is dead to us unless, of course, we feel the need to go back there and, you know, beg for people to come over here. But uh, I would say that that experience, although educational, um, really wasn't that great for us in the long run. Would you agree? Um, I would. So, you know, just to, for those who may not know kind of our story, we last November, December-ish, we decided to do this little YouTube, you know, talking head show about tech and kind of meandered all over the place we did bitcoin we did headlines we did all kinds of stuff and we threw this out on youtube and uh just see what we got and mixed reviews i guess is is what we got right i don't know did, did we get any negativity i think apathy was probably the overruling sentiment or behavior but i don't think anything was negative yeah was it? not no uh it didn't get I, I and I had fun doing uh, YouTube um, until we decided uh, to do an episode about Black Mirror and uh, social media and being rated, and we got cut off midstream. No shit um, by YouTube. Yeah, they shut us stream. down <laughs> um, because they have some sort of detector that says, "Oh, you're using this registered material, and we're going to shut you down." But uh, it didn't stop there, Bob. What, what what happened after that? Oh, geez. Well, I mean, we got our live stream shut down in midstream, but then we also got flagged. Well, we got a copyright flag, which is weird because no strikes ever have ever shown up on the account. We got flagged. Um, and because of that flag, we lost our live streaming for 90 days. And all right, so... There's a lot that we've got to cover here because there's a lot that happened. We've actually been flagged a couple times. And it's because of one of the techniques that we used on the show. Um, for those of you who did not see it, you can still check out all the episodes on YouTube. Just uh, search Bob and Kevin show on YouTube. You'll find it. But uh, we would use, utilize a technique where we would have an inset window with no audio of the material that we were discussing. So, you know, some of it... Black Mirror was a reaction kind of, or not even a reaction, just a discussion about the technology implications. Uh, we did a similar one with uh, how we, how interview styles work, how our interview style may be different than others out there. And so we looked at some footage from uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson's show. What is that show called? Star Talk. 
So yeah, we looked at some Star Talk. We looked at uh, we looked at the uh, late night show guy. Wow, I'm totally stuck for names. David Letterman. David Letterman's <laughs> interview with uh, President Obama. I'm still going to call him President Obama. And uh, so we just discussed. A lot of it was the visual techniques utilized. No audio. We got flagged for that one. Um, what's another one that we got flagged for? Uh, the Super Bowl halftime show with Mr. Timberlake and Prince. Oh, yeah. So we kind of, we probably thought that we were going to get flagged for that one because the NFL is just so vigilant um, in their copyright protections, which is great. But once again, no audio, only visual. So we got flagged for all three of those. But when we lost our live streaming, something in me clicked. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll tell you what. When you lose live streaming, when you're a live streaming show, that kind of uh, rips, I don't know, maybe your soul out of the show. Yeah. And we had a lot of... We had a lot of coming to Jesus moments with each other after that. Yeah, I mean, um, because we we did it not. So I would like to say we were using fair use, and that's not just a cop out saying, "Oh, we can just do whatever we want and just you know throw the word fair use out." Fair use is defined as basically saying we can use material in an editorial way, so long that it does not capture the same sort of meaning or delivered in the same way that the original author intended. Meaning, if we were to just play Black Mirror with its audio and just like say three words here and there, you know, kind of like uh, mystery science theater or 3000 style, you know, I could see that, okay, yeah, we might be diverting traffic from the actual author, you know, and I could see where that's, you know, okay, that's bad that um, totally get it. But we had no audio. We weren't even talking about what was, you know, the, the plot line. So we were not competing. And what even made it better was Netflix agreed with us and they, they, they let us actually really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this triggered, you know, we were pretty passive about this with the other instances. We were like, all right, shame on us. You know, we didn't do our homework, um, after those instances, but after this one where our live streaming got shut down, we started digging in, we started doing our homework and we were finding all kinds of other channels that were far more egregious in the use of the video, the audio, in their reaction type shows and things like that. So we found that you could contest um, these rulings. And it's a really simple dispute button inside the YouTube interface. So we disputed that one. And the dispute did go immediately to Netflix because Netflix was the basically the copyright holder. So it went to Netflix and it was probably within, it was less than seven days, wasn't it? So uh, yeah, it was we, pretty quick. Yeah, we got the strike removed in less than seven days. So we we're like, all right, the video that got us taken down for live streaming is basically greenlighted. Netflix said, yeah, you guys did great. You know, we're not holding this against you. But YouTube chose to keep our live streaming disabled. And this is where we started tweeting at Team YouTube on Twitter saying, hey, guys, um, it's all resolved. When can we expect it back? And they said, well, it might take up to two weeks. I'm like, first off, okay, that's weird. But you know what? Let's wait the two weeks. Whatever. It's your freaking platform. We'll do it. And two weeks goes by and we got it back. Right, Bob? No, we were still disabled. So in the meantime, Kevin and I are kind of, you know, second guessing the show, how we're going to do it as a not live thing. Because, you know, for those of you who don't know me, I'm pretty lazy and I I like to do this kind of stuff, but I like to do it in just kind of like almost like what Kevin and I were just talking about before we recorded about the way he does his French press coffee. I like to just throw the grounds in, throw the water in, push the plunger and be done. That's the way I treat these content, you know, these shows. 
I don't treat my French press like that, just for the record. That's the way Kevin does it. Yes. But um, so we started having discussions about would we do recorded and uploaded, you know, more highly produced pieces. And we kind of did that with our episode. Um, is that is Facebook bad for you? Right. That's right. the episode. Yep. That's also out there. Another really good one. And I think that that shows that we're versatile and can do it both ways. But it just didn't have that same that same pop and sizzle for me. I'm a guess I'm an adrenaline junkie. What what say you? Well, I mean the Facebook one. I, I actually prefer the more polished. Let's let's uh, take it offline. Let's uh, cut out stuff where possible. Let's let's put in the segues. I'm I'm for a highly po- uh, polished one. And if OBS would let me do more soundboardy stuff, and you know, which it does, it's not limited. Um, great. You know, I like to do that. So I'm kind of torn between live stream and fully produced and then upload it later. Our live stream followers, our actual viewers during the live streams indicated that we should definitely not quit our day jobs. And, um, so there was really no compelling case for me to say, you know what? Yes, let's keep doing it live. However, that turned into another thought of, well, let's do highly polished. And then that turned into my final thought of why the fuck are we doing all this hard work for a platform that can pull the rug on us at any moment. Now we don't know if Podbean can do that as well, but we're going to roll the dice here. (laughs) Yeah. And, and we also got the feedback of that, you know, guys, it's hard to watch 40 minutes and it's, uh, as a uh, side note, it's hard for us to not talk 40 minutes because we like to talk. So, (laughs) and we've tried, we've tried so hard to do short episodes. The funny thing is, is that, I don't know if it's a compliment or not to say that it's distracting to have to watch, but I guess that means the show was visually compelling enough that people felt compelled to watch. Well, I don't know. Well, I, I, I think we, because it was a TV show, for lack of a better term, we call people to say, hey, look at my screen. Look at the screen. Look what we're showing you. Look what we're doing. And so now we're, we've taken that and gone, you know what? Listen to what we're saying and we're taking away the visual cues. And I'm a firm believer that radio is not, been killed by the video star you know (laughs) you know radio has not been i mean i listen to talk radio all the time i listen to espn even though my sports um interest has waned over the years i like just listen i i can't work i'm the opposite of most people i think i can't work in silence i need some sort of white noise pink noise i guess we would be considered pink noise um you know music in the background's pink noise where white noise is just that you know the static so um so I think we're going to try this particular platform and see how that goes. So there. Now, the the interesting thing is we did get the feedback that it was distracting visually. And I think this is where uh, Kevin and I need to learn a little bit more about marketing, especially as far as marketing content, because I think most people didn't realize, because we didn't tell most people, uh, the shows were actually all on uh, the Apple Podcast Network anyway because we did some magic where the YouTube episodes fed an RSS feed. And by paying this one guy a dollar a month, it would transition that, uh, that RSS feed to a, a podcast feed that was consumed by iTunes. So we do have episodes out there. Actually, all the episodes are out there in audio format only. We are going to move our favorite episodes over to this Podbean network as soon as we get our collective shit together. 
Um, but we already have the audio files. We just need to get the channel in shape and, and get those buttons all tied up. So Bob, let's take an opportunity to market for ourselves rather than ask for, pe- for people to subscribe, which I don't even know if you can do. So if you can, we'll put that at the end, stick a pin in it. But how can people get to our show the quickest? Well, the cool thing is you're already listening. Probably, I don't understand how this works, but uh, if you do want to come back, we have some custom URLs, bobandkevin.show uh, or bobandkevinshow.com. They'll both get you to our new home on the Podbean network. And we're going to see how this works out. Uh, podcasting is not going away anytime soon. It, uh, like you said, talk radio is not dead. Video has not killed the radio star. So uh, we're going to try the, this hand at uh, being radio stars. Uh, do we need to, is there anything else we want to beat up on YouTube anymore? Um. We will kind of circle back around and let me allow, you know, thank you for the segue because let's talk about GDPR and what that means to the big boys or and, and or gals. So, so for instance, uh, GDPR is a European privacy. Uh, it's not the German Democratic People's Republic. No, I'm pretty sure that's not what it means. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it means quit spying on people. And if you do, um, you need to be fully transparent and you got to give people the ability to revoke said spying capabilities and yes i use the word spying because i don't really know of any other nice way to say it other than privacy you know um violations but anyway so how does gdpr relate to say twitter facebook and youtube let's just and google even though youtube and google you know are kind of subsidiaries you know one of the other um so for instance i think there's going to be a lot of hey this gdpr is great and i think there is um, emphasis on that. And I think it's being done for the right reasons. But I also think YouTube in particular can say, Hey guys, you know what? You can opt into all these things, all of them or none of them. And none of them means go find a new YouTube or a video platform. So there, thereby I'm saying that YouTube, Facebook and Twitter and uh, Google can say, you know what? If you don't like our invasion of your privacy, we're going to take our kickball and go home and you're going to have to like it or not. And I, as a side, I left Facebook because I, you know, for, we'll talk later on that, but I see YouTube as being a monopoly. Facebook is being a monopoly and Google being a monopoly, especially with um, some of their products. And if, if we, if I'm YouTube, I can say, you know what, Bob and Kevin show, we can do whatever we want to your account. We can cancel it. We can take away your live streaming. We can do all these things because we're a monopoly. And how that relates to GDPR is is privacy. We can invade your privacy. But <laughs> we can invade your privacy. We can do all these things. And you know what? We hold all the cards. And if you don't like it, we know you have nowhere to go. So how do you like them apples? But so that's taking the privacy of the content providers. Like my question is how does this work with a global entity like a YouTube, like a Facebook? I can tell you it's, it falls on in the United States. I had to take, well, for my master's program, I had to take uh, cyber law. I can look up here and uh, find the book. Of course, we're not <laughs> video anymore, so I can't show you. Um, so, um, so the internet is a special case because state laws are flimsy. So therefore it bumps to interstate commerce is essentially what the internet internet falls under and how that goes beyond international borders is also a bit of, 
interesting. So then you fall under international treaties. So for instance, China can be like, you know, what? I don't care about GDPR and you guys can enact it and you guys can try to find the companies within our borders, but we won't allow any of that to be enforced. So China can be like, you know, what? I, I get it, Europe, you're trying to, to do this, you know, on the whole world, but we're not Europeans and we don't have to do it. So America can take the same tact and be like, you know what, we can do whatever we want over here. The problem is, is Facebook has a ton of servers in Ireland, which falls under EU laws. So what the OK, e so it's not where the users are coming from. It's where the data is at rest. Well, it, it's yes. And it's but it's more. It's also if if Europe can say, you know what, you didn't comply to these laws, we're going to find, you know, insert some Chinese company name here. Um, that's great. They can do that. But China can be like, you know what? The court system can say, yeah, but you know, we're not going to allow that to actually be enforced. We're not actually going to allow that legal action to, um, come into our jurisdiction. However, Facebook and whatnot, Microsoft, YouTube, they all do business in Europe. So, uh, the European union can say, you know what guys, um, you're in violation of our laws and we're, um, a judgment against you has been uh, awarded or a fine. And we're going to, uh, according to the international treaty we have with your country, we can go after your assets in a court of law and or we can also seize your assets that you have in the EU. So they could go and basically own Facebook servers in Ireland and say, you know what, Facebook, these are ours now. Just, but would that shut them down or would it just be an ownership thing? Well, it would be, you know, basically it, it's the same thing like Iran and United States. Hey, you know, when Iran doesn't play nice, we say, OK, we're going to go after your assets here in the United States. We're going to freeze your assets or and then somebody here in the United States can be awarded judgment and we pay you out based on those frozen assets. So so that's, I believe, how this will all work, that if Facebook, YouTube and Google don't want to comply they don't have to. However, the international treaty between the EU and um, the United States may allow them to be awarded damages and payable by either um, United States um, allowing some sort of direct action within our borders or the U European Union can say, you know what, we're going to seize these assets in order to pay these fines. How do you like them apples? Uh, is the GDPR more about the Facebook advertiser privacy type model, or is it more about the passwords stored in plain text? Is it more about data encryption during transition and at rest, or is it more about user privacy? You know, I, th I think it's more about user privacy. So I think there's a line blur between security and privacy. Really, they are two separate topics. So uh, GDPR, I believe, is about uh, data privacy protections. So therefore, um, but is that privacy about the encryption or about the sharing? No, it's about, so GDPR is about, um, being transparent about what are you collecting and how, how are you using it? So you have to be upfront about that. You may or may not have to opt in depending on, uh, there's, there's like this slide rule of things to look at online and you have to give the user the ability to revoke said access because a lot of times you accept you know click this button now you're in and then how do i revoke that you're usually not offered that so now right. with gdpr you have to 
uh, be afforded the ability to say, you know what, I've changed my mind. I no longer want you to show my nudie pics that I shared, you know, when I was 15, you know, not 15, uh, let's go with 18. When I was younger, wow, that got weird. Uh, when I was younger, I want you to, to stop, you know, and then typical services don't have the ability to do that. So if somebody shares like a inappropriate photo, and I don't know why I'm going the inappropriate photo route. Let's just go with a photo. And Dirty they say, man. hey, Facebook, you know, I've changed my mind. I want this completely gone from your servers. Um, they, they should provide that ability. Now, Zuckerberg testified. And he's like, oh, yeah, you have that ability. Of course, that comes with an asterisk because you and I know that, well, it's in backup systems that have to be, you know, looked at. And, oh, by the way, when we allow third-party access to, say, your content – you've lost a chain of custody on that. You, there's no way that Facebook can say with a straight face and certainty that says, oh, yeah, that's completely gone off the Internet. N well, once it's on the Internet, sorry, it's, it's on the Internet. But now the whole, like, the whole Facebook debacle, we'll call it the debacle, I don't really know what else to call it, and GDPR were running in parallel because GDPR didn't just like sprout up as a result of uh, Cambridge Analytica. Right. This this thread got started a while ago. This is this is a meteor that's known to hit um, IT companies for a long time. Is GDPR basically just an update of the EU cookie laws or is that overly ignorant on my part? Um, I won't claim to, to be an expert of either, uh, even though I'm probably sounding trying to sound like one. <laughs> um, but I would say it's an expansion of it. OK. That's kind of what I was looking at it as well. So, I mean, it's been slow coming. So, all right, here's another silly user question. And I've never tried this to see. So you're presented with the, hey, user, we're using cookies. We're going to collect some data on you. And we may or may not share that, but we're just giving you the heads up. If I don't click OK, what happens? Um, you may not be able to log in. You may not be able to create an account because cookie authentication, stuff like that. Well, a lot of those sites don't even have authentication. They're just saying, hey, because, you know, we might track to use your data for analytics or yes. we might, you know. Well, uh, if you say no, they should not be including Google Analytics script at the bottom. Now, you and me probably, or you and I probably look at that and go, holy crap, I've never made a website that wraps that in a, well, it depends on who you are and opt in and out. <laughs> you know, it's like, ooh. So. Very true. I've never given anybody the option to opt out of anything in my fun time creation of websites. So let's put this... Disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. So let's put this on <laughs> owners oh, shit, of the website, also known as clients. It's up to the client to determine, I, in my humble opinion, hey guys, you need to be up to date on these laws. I'm not a lawyer, and if you want to be, you know, uh, you want some legal advice, you're going to have to find that separately. I'm a chief implementer. I can give you some insight on how it probably should be done and whatnot. But at the end of the day, if the client says, put Google Analytics on there and GDPR be damned, and we don't have a privacy policy, um, morally, I probably want to start having issue with that. But at the end of the day, they are the the client and because and imagine a scenario client calls and says hey is my site gdpr compliant i'm just gonna go um unlikely that it is and uh what would you like us to do um 
in order to do that. And if they say, well, make it GDPR compliant, I would have to say, okay, let's let's set up a meeting and talk about what this means for you. And because this isn't as simple as let me throw some code on your site or take some code off your site, because now there's some real world implications here, because if you have an anonymous user, how do you handle that? It's not like I can opt you in and out based on anonymity. very easily. So I might have to say, well, you know what? I have to store a cookie <laughs> that determines whether or not you opted in or not. So as you probably oh, yeah, no, I think I saw somebody <laughs> post that last week. It's like, you know, all right, GDPR, but I'm going to have to use a cookie to note that you've opted out. <laughs> exactly. And that's just like, oh, it's like, uh, but, you know, GDPR does allow for, you know, I think what I would call some common sense. Um, like, look, uh, you know, it's what is the intent? of your cookie. Well, the intent of my cookie was to make it so we don't track you. You know, I think that would stand a legal test. Um, but again, I'm not a lawyer, please, you know, consult a real lawyer. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure it extends to, um, data stored on the server too. Like, let's yeah. say you have a contact form and you use a popular product that automatically stores the contact information in a database so you can download a CSV file at a later time and have all that data at your fingertips. Yep. When's the last time you wrote something like that, Bob, that says, hey, user, would you like all your data? Here you go. Well, now I'm, I'm even talking about from the uh, site owner standpoint. So it stores the data later and you can download all the contacts from the last month, mm-hmm. you know, and so it's got their name, address, you know, all kinds of stuff that's not supposed to be stored without encryption on the server. Yes. I think GDPR just requires that it's encrypted. Is there also provision that it can't even actually be stored? I don't know that GDPR requires any sort of security practices, so I, I can't speak to that. See, I thought I saw somebody, I wish we could get Troy on here to talk about some of the stuff, but I think... Uh, I think it does have a data in transit and a data at rest component to it. We we should probably have the interns look into that yeah, before definitely. the next show. <laughs> um, we did keep the interns, even though we we've switched to a, a an audio format. So <laughs> so on May whatever the twenty eighth or whatever this goes into effect, I can tell you that there will be more sites that are non GDPR compliant than there are GDPR compliant. So it'll also overwhelm the authorities, the enforcement of this because, hey, if you want to go after my blog site because I don't have a privacy policy and because I use Google Analytics, you can, but you're going to have a limited return on your um, investment probably on recovering anything from me because... Yeah. Do you think this is going to result in a, like a, a giant whaling expedition? Like everyone's just going to go after the biggest properties that aren't GDPR compliant? Well, and- I, I think so. But I also think so for good reason, because YouTube, Facebook, Twitter um, and Google, they are they are the reason for GDPR, <laughs> in my opinion. The reason we have to have a GDPR is because they can't self-regulate. They can't help themselves when they say, you know what? Holy shit. How lucrative is it to harvest data mine privacy info and connect you with an advertiser? Holy shit. This is amazing. And they've just taken this so deep, you know, these third party Google tracking. I mean, I I go to the CNN website. I turn on my ad blocker and it blocks 36 trackers. CNN, really? No. Come on, guys. I mean, but it's not just CNN. Sorry not to pick on you guys, but it's it's all these people. It's like. There is this um, sad low energy. It's a it's a it's a it's a trade of privacy. You know, it's like this. It's like 
privacy porn for lack of a better thing it's just like this smut of privacy info that gets traded on this market and we are the commodity and i feel gross being a part of this i had never used an ad blocker until recently because i want to know well okay gdpr is coming into effect how do i know if a website i'm on is tracking me or not and now i really know because there's some really good ad blockers that say you know what here's all the different things trying to get all this information from you would you like to allow them one at a time opt them out restrict and now i can see i'm like oh my gosh this is just terrible so are global sites using uh geolocation to like turn off all that stuff for visitors coming from the eu so like if i'm a visitor coming from the eu to cnn.com mm-hmm. my ad blocker is not going to show all that stuff right Technically, it's not supposed to once GDPR. Unless you opt in. So that's why you see, I mean, look at your inbox. How many terms of service and privacy policy updates have you got in the last week or two? (laughs) Holy crap. But now are those, once again, I'm going to go back to this. Are those in response to GDPR or are those in response to Cambridge Analytica Facebook? If I'm a betting man, I'm going with GDPR. Because Cambridge Analytica, mm. Facebook is just a PR thing. There's no, there was no, it, it, I mean, you watch the hearings, right? It was, hey, Mr. Zuckerberg, I have no idea what I'm talking about. My staff wrote these questions. We think you're great because you know what? You're Zuckerberg and you're like 33 years old and you're a gajillionaire. And hey, by the way, you're in my district. So, uh, you know, I don't want to mess with my voting base. And anyway, uh, yeah, uh, try not to do that again. And of course, Twitter is just clamoring going, this isn't the first time. This is like the fourth time and they can't be self-regulated. And then the next senator comes up and it's the same thing hey it's great um you guys apparently use the internet and uh yeah so you'll do better next time right Uh, yeah yeah. i was was in the other camp and apparently not the popular camp at all i really thought even if it was their staffers that were writing the questions i really thought that they weren't they weren't the fluffy bullshitty kind of questions they they did feel like every man kind of questions Yes. Even though they were coming from old dudes, old white dudes that probably have viruses on their machine and only use the internet to surf porn. I'm just saying that. But um, yeah, I don't think they knew what they were asking, but I still thought the questions were insightful. You know, there were a couple good ones. And then there were a couple like by Ted Cruz that I'm just like, I mean, that, you know, the conservative base just went wild because he's just like, why are you censoring conservatives? It's like, okay. Okay, got it. You, you you got the man in front of you. You want to get get your aha moment in, but that's not what our issue is today. The issue right now is for everybody's privacy info in, and being sold 87 million, you know, it's a data breach. Let's just stick on topic. And so there I are, thought the grandstanding I thought the grandstanding was at a minimum though, until you get to crazy Ted. <laughs> so, um I I think that highlights though our elected officials and I even saw my senator get up there, and he was just like, uh, 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 internet, uh, so, social media, uh, uh, I yield. You know, it's like, oh, come on, guy. Full disclosure, you do live in Indiana, though. I do. But <laughs> but you know what? Uh, the, you know, send, send never, some people. Never heard it said, I, I, I now yield my time to the brilliant, articulate senator from Indiana. <laughs> I, I hear you. But these people are the ones who are going to vote for the laws or the changes or, you know, do whatever. So That's why I cry myself to sleep a lot. You know what? I, I uh, Senator uh, Young, uh, I think that's his name. Um, 
you can go ahead and reach me on Twitter next time if you need me to stand in or help you write your freaking questions. That's all I'm saying. So anyway, I, I feel that our government is just too stupid, for lack of a better term, to to kind of put together what's going on here because social media is for young people. Let's just be honest. And I didn't see a whole lot of young senator. You don't hear young and senator unless it's Senator Todd Young from Indiana together <laughs> in a state. You know what I'm saying? So. Oh, saying. wait. This is a perfect in, in for this one. <laughs> Thank you. All right. We've got to work the soundboard more often. <laughs> so, yes, I probably shouldn't say, hang on, I'm going to click this button. No, comedy is about timing, Bob. <laughs> so, um, no, so I, I, I feel like several were uh, softball questions, but I feel like several were like, great. Like the best one, and I, Senator starts with a B, maybe Blumenthal or something. I don't know. I totally got that wrong. They're like, hey, Zuck, where'd you stay last night? You, you happy sharing that with everyone here, you know, online? Yes. And it was, was like, early, uh, was no. Brilliant. It's like, well, isn't that what you're doing with everybody else's data? Uh, yeah, but I'm Zuckerberg and I, I, I make money on your privacy info, right? That's what that's what I do. So that's an uncanny Mark Zuckerberg, by the way. Thank you. I've, I've not worked on that. That was uh, OK. I probably shouldn't do the voice thing. <laughs> It's worked out well for Donald Trump. Just go with it. It's uh, tremendous, tremendous. What you have there at Facebook is tremendous. Anyway, um, so I'm I'm a little concerned that GD. So yeah, to kind of bring this full circle, I left. I, I like the fact that we left YouTube because I don't want to be at their mercy, and I really feel like everybody is at their mercy. I mean, unless you're at the top tier of their channel subscription subscription that are bringing in the advertisers logan paul even though he's like you know fart joke you know tv whatever isn't he still in a timeout uh i don't know but point is is he gets he doesn't get shut down he we get shut down for using fair use and youtube doesn't even talk to us until 30 days after um we're off the air and then we don't even get so much as a oops sorry about that yeah no they're, they're like hurrah your live streaming's back on yeah like, so like cool. congratulations you've got live streaming capability hey fuckers you know we <laughs> you've killed our show we had it for months and then you took it away they, they treated us like we were new subscribers it was terrible yes um so 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 we left so we're, we're doing the podcast thing. I'm pretty sure GDPR is just going to make the American companies uh, do it a take it or leave it situation. And they can do it because of the monopoly. And I don't think my government is smart enough to figure out that the whole standard oil Ma Bell monopoly thing, the 21st century version of it is right in front of you. And they have no idea. I mean, the top three social media platforms are owned by Facebook, WhatsApp, Facebook and Instagram are owned by the same company. I'm pretty sure that there's uh, a Black Mirror episode that we covered that's very similar. <laughs> I mean, they asked Zuck, hey, Zuck, uh, who's your competition? He's like, uh, there I go again. <laughs> but, uh, you know, <laughs> um, and then, great. And then if Twitter, so the thing about Twitter is they get so much shit about not kicking out the Nazis and the haters. But the irony is, is you know what? They're probably one of the most fair platforms out there so far because they're just like, yeah, whatever, whatever goes. Except they do somehow end up, and this is just hearsay, they do end up uh, blocking people who are anti the left. 
Like it's really weird. Not not I'm sorry, not anti left, like extreme left. Okay. Like if you are a social justice warrior type, they they do end up blocking a lot of those, really? which is weird. Well, yeah. all right. Well, let's sp- let's spin topics real quick. So Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. They they were asked during a congressional hearing, so at least Zuck was, what's your role in censorship? And really it, it came out that Zuck's like, well, we don't allow terrorism, we don't allow but you know, as you walk towards okay, we don't do these what we'd consider extremist things, as you walk towards the middle, at what where's the point of inflection? And that's where the battleground is, right? So that's where you get your Ted Cruz go, well, you guys, you know, take, you know, conservative, blah, blah, blah. And then of course I'm sure somebody on the left would say, Oh, that's where you take the leftist thing off. So at some point, these guys really are regulating speech. Now, our First Amendment right is against you and I versus the government, not against Facebook. However, the wrinkle in that comes when you have a monopoly. When you have no competition, you become the de facto voice uh, regulator. You're the gatekeeper. So that's why when Facebook doesn't have competition, YouTube has no real competition. They can say, you know what? You don't like it? Go somewhere else, knowing full well that they can be dictated dictator di- dictatorial dictatorial oh my gosh I screwed that one i've recovered right okay so they can be dictatorial on content and then when you have two billion users on facebook you are shaping a society you have two sevenths of the world population yeah but okay so then add a layer on top of that because they can't do this on their own you know like we've they've proven time and time again that they either a get it wrong or they're way too slow to get on top of things that, you know, should be censored or should be removed. So what they do is they rely upon the community as a whole. YouTube is notorious for this. As YouTube viewers, you and I have the ability to flag content. So if it's content that we don't agree with, that might be offensive to our individual sensibilities, we can flag it. And the way that those social networks are trying to stay on top of things is they take those flags very seriously and they will shut down first ask questions later but there's a so if you have a contrary view you can get something shut down but but what's the flaw in that i mean look at any any, oh there's a giant flaw in it well look at any poll america and i I would say the uh england might be the same way we are 50 50 split so you could say you could put a uh kitten video up sponsored by the republicans and you would get flagged because of the liberal people and then conversely you could put up the same kitten video sponsored by the democrats and then they would get flagged because by the other half so i really find flaws in that Um, well you and i were talking about this last night it's that you know uh these platforms claim to be bringing people together and that was zuckerberg's big thing at the trial is like it's called spin and misdirection (laughs) yeah we're just helping people connect and i would say that those social platforms are monumentally responsible for the level of division that we have right now in society absolutely i I deleted my facebook because of that I, I don't want to see politics because politics season isn't like once a year now it's it's like all the time no, it's constant. It's a 12-month cycle. Yeah, sure. we, we so news moved to cable 24-7 cycle, and now politics has too. And I'm just tired of it. And um, so l- what's the fix, Bob, on, on okay, if, if YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, <laughs> if those guys can can determine what right and wrong is, basically morality, what's 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 good or not, what's the fix that? Let me, let me preempt you. My fix is to break them up. 
we need to have multiple platforms. Um, and when when Facebook has the top three social media outlets and they integrate with each other, the data is shared between the apps. I, they just have too much power, just like Mobel did, just like Standard Oil did. I'm sorry, guys. You have to sell off Instagram. You have to sell off WhatsApp. You have to uh, you're not allowed to do groups because now you're killing meetup, you know, too much. So now they want to do dating. At some point, they we won't call it the Internet. Hasn't, we will hasn't call Facebook it, always been a dating app? <laughs> well, but now they're, expli- you know, actually going after it. So at some point, when does Facebook become just the internet so those two words become synonymous oh no i you're totally that's where it's going and you know so that's that's why the laws are currently the way the laws are currently written the copyrights of facebook instagram and whatsapp are so whether it's carefully crafted by intention or just by their nature they're not synonymous platforms but like you said it becomes ubiquitous when every platform type is owned by the same entity and then you get those pink phones where you five star somebody in slide and everybody has those (laughs) so uh, let me beat up on ebay because they haven't taken their punishment yet in this podcast so ebay ebay still exist i can't even tell you the last time i was on ebay ebay has not changed like the way it looks and feels since the year 2000. I am not fucking kidding you. It is. I think it might be earlier than that. It might be. And I've always thought, and, it, and this is two decades now. I've like, you know what? Cause I, I've been an eBayer since the nineties. I said, you know, eBay can charge whatever they want. And if I don't like it, I can go somewhere else. You know how many somewhere else's there are? There aren't any. There's a couple that will that will be like, hey, we we have a hundred users come by and sell here, but nobody goes there. Facebook Marketplace, huh? Huh? Uh, yeah, if, if you want to do garage sale, I guess. Yeah, I've tried to sell on <laughs> Facebook Marketplace, and that's just it. Just it actually doesn't have the reach. Um, that was a bad circular reference to Facebook right. owning. Anyway, <laughs> uh, point is, is once these kind of like monopolies get established, they're really hard to break, and. It's a t- now they can be the dictators and they can say, you know what, we're going to charge you 10% and that's their current rate of all transactions. And if you don't like it, we know that you have no option. And you know what, next year when we decide it's 11%, you have to accept it because there's no option. Now you may, you know, the, the libertarians will say, well, Kevin, that's free market. You want to do something better, go out and do it. And I say, you know what? I don't think you can just start a country somewhere and go, you know what, here's my country because you're going to get invaded on the next day or you're going to get the ATF's going to descend on your compound and put down your rebellion immediately. Well, you know what, eBay, Facebook, Google do the same thing just in the digital world. Well, let's let's not leave our friend out Jeff Bezos from the equation too. Oh. Did you get your little, did you see that your Amazon prime membership is going to go up by 20? No, that's good. And, and you know, what? I don't, it, I buy a ton off Amazon and I've kind of found myself going, Holy crap. My life has changed. I don't go shopping anymore. Hell Physically. yeah. I, I do for groceries because I don't have apparently a whole foods. And then he would have his hands on me there. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, you're right. Amazon should not be left out. And what really pisses me off about Amazon, and we've talked about this before, is Amazon, I'm paying you a hundred and some dollars a month to be or a year to be a prime member. 
why the F are you selling or using data trackers? Why are you telling everyone what I'm buying? You know, I thought we were cool. I, I'm paying you to be a customer here. And they may that does go against our free model. Yeah. yeah, that goes against our data is oil free model. And they may come back with, well, Kevin, we can only bring in these prices because we basically pimp you out, you know, through every all these ad networks. And I would true enough. And to that, I would say, oh, let me translate. So you're pimping me out against my wishes so that Toys R Us can't stay in business because you have this edge that I can't opt out of. Therefore, GDPR can't wait for you. Sorry to bring that all together. But but ship me that powdered peanut butter two days without shipping costs. Thanks. <laughs> well, let, let okay, let's beat up a brick and mortar. Walmart's the same way. You know, I used to work for Walmart. You know what their MO is? Hey, let's go to a small town where we can establish a monopoly and put out all the mom and pops. And then oh, yeah. rinse and repeat. And when I worked for that, I felt disgusting when I kind of learned the strategy. And this was early 2000. And now I have a Walmart here in town because there are no mom and pops can compete. And I look at Walmart as the same exact thing going, you know what, guys? The reason there's nobody here isn't because you're better. It's because nobody can compete with you. And if they do, you go to war with them and you invade their compound and you take no prisoners. Kind of sounds like the drug cartel, huh? It is like, the I, well, I mean, there's a reason for the word evil empire. <laughs> yes. I mean, let's, you know, speaking of May the 4th and May the 5th. Have you ever tried to explain what Europe is like to someone who's never been to Europe from America? They don't have big box stores. And, and the look on people's faces is like, <gasps> they don't have a McDonald's on every corner. <gasps> you know, it's just like, oh, my gosh, you know, what is going on here? Well, people actually run their own business and they have family business and they don't get run out of town because they provide value and they they don't get invaded by big box store chain X, you know? When we say Europe, we don't mean London because London is pretty much just like here. Okay. There's a, te- there's a Tesco on every corner or whatever that store is called. Okay. Fair enough. Anyway, um, <laughs> Copenhagen. All right. <laughs> yes. Denmark is different. Denmark is very different. Um, but yeah. So my point is, is I think we have a digital um, monopoly situation, in my humble opinion. And I think our government is kind of asleep at the wheel. And I applaud um, Europe for GDPR. But I also think the American companies who hold these monopolies can hold their user base hostage by saying, you know what? Yeah, we get it. We're supposed to tell you about all these things. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to tell you about all these things and we're going to you can't do anything about it. Okay, real quick, Bill Murray's, you know, you know, thing, you know, the old story when Bill Murray walks up to you, takes a fry off your tray, eats it, and he looks at you and goes, you know what? Nobody will believe you. And he walks away. (laughs) 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 I really feel that that's what Facebook and all these guys are going to do. They're going to be like, you know what? There's nothing you can do about it. And we're just going to do it. All we have to do is just tell you to your face now. Let's let's talk about uh, one of the little engines that thought it could. Uh, speaking of competition and social media, anybody out there on uh, Vero, V E R O? Kevin, have you tried the uh, the hell's Vero? Social media. It's a social media network alternative to Facebook and Instagram, all rolled into one. Is this like the People app where you rate people? No, this is a this is an actual uh, social media. It was supposed to. Uh, it was supposed to just be the Facebook killer, and uh, it is a terrible, miserable piece of garbage. Well, uh, you know, after the Facebook hearing, I was like, hey, Twitter world, you've got some money. Let's let's create the Facebook competitor. And oh, by the way, tell me how we're going to make money, 
because you know what? I don't see that there's a whole lot of money in in social media unless you sell, unless you're into the privacy porn business. Correct. Because uh, Correct. Twitter just finally started making money. Like this year is like their first year or, you know, recently because they've been in, in the red. Now, finally in the black. Now, um, if you look at Facebook, I, I think that's directly related to the fact that they held out so long on trying to monetize people's feeds. Well, also, Twitter only knows so much about you privately. I mean, it, it's the inverse of Facebook. Facebook is the, well, we're supposed to be keeping all the info here amongst your friends. That's that's what they sell you. Whereas Twitter's like, you know, no, this is a public, you know, just say a blurb and you know what? It's public. The only private part of this is DMs. So as long as they yes. stay out of my DMs, I, I'm assuming they can do whatever the hell they want to do my tweets. Yeah, if advertisers end up in my DMs, I will not be happy. <laughs> Whereas Facebook, I think, has violated their users' trust by saying, well, we're going to let you connect. That's what we do, knowing full well that they're actually just you know, building this huge business on all this private data. They, think of a room when two people are talking, and then you have peepholes all the way around. That's Facebook. <laughs> you know, peepholes, not other kind of holes uh so that's what facebook is and i really think that the casual person either a doesn't care or b doesn't know that that's what's going on oh i'm sure that there's a giant portion that don't know for sure and as much as i i i think Twitter's limited i actually that's the best part of twitter is you know what you can only do these few things and the fact that they don't make uh, a ton of money compared to Facebook is actually refreshing because at what point is so much money, you know, your profits. Um, and I don't want to sound socialist here, but at some point if you're making a hundred or $70 billion and you know, it's like what or something crazy in amount of money that Facebook made last year. Um, you might, that might turn some regulator heads and go, Hey, cool. Congrats. How'd you do it? Though? <laughs> you know, I just want to make sure you're not like selling cocaine here on the side. You know, when my kid comes home and says, Hey, I've got a thousand dollars cash. The first question is like, where the hell did you get a thousand dollars? And I think our government needs to do that in their businesses. And go, where the hell did you get $70 billion? You know, we're, uh, we need to ask questions. I would love to see those contracts with all those other outside parties. Yeah, so uh, there's there's a bit of uh, uh, you know I, I love freedom, uh, all that, but I don't like. I'd like to go on the record. I love freedom. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm on record. I I'm not a socialist. Um, I'm a I, I like the free market, but the the market can get out of balance, and I really think the market is out of balance due to ignorance of technology at this point. So that's yeah. There, your turn. <laughs> I don't know if I got a whole lot left on this subject. I mean, it's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of problems, and I don't know of many answers. You know, the competition thing seems like it'd be great, but we've already established that you know you can't you can't Goliath, you know, you, you can't kill a giant with a rock. It's it just doesn't work. Uh, the government's probably going to have to step in. And it'll be interesting to see how GDPR plays out and if we adopt it or, you know, come up with our own thing. I, I think that I think that we're going to see how private companies actually control our government regulation way more than people suspect when it comes to this kind of thing. So I think that's a stay tuned situation. 
and we'll definitely be coming back to this to beat it up more in the future. I'm sure we will. Um, you know, what really bothers me is when Google's mantra is don't be evil. And then they take government contracts to kill people. And then they, do they, um, do they still say that by the way? I haven't heard that in a really long time. They do. In fact, um, when, when their company took up some Pentagon contracts, they had an internal revolt at, at Google and signing petitions being like, Hey, we're don't be evil. Now we're like, don't be evil as long as it's, you know, good guys. <laughs> hey, that's a really good point because so we all got emails this week about how Google Maps is now not free. Well, mostly you got to yes. put your credit card down. Yes. And in what is it? Two hundred. What's why does the number two hundred in my head? Two hundred dollar. You get a two hundred dollar credit per month. Two hundred dollar credit. That's what it was. Per, is it per month? Yes. Okay, that's not bad. Well, but, but but this is the same data that the government's paying for for their drones, right? Yes. That's bullshit. Yes. So now that you've broached the uh, Google Maps thing, <laughs> allow me to talk about that. Yeah, I think it's uh, crap that um, we now need a credit card to do it. And when they say, well, but we're going to give you $200 a month credit, but that, that's, that's like going to buy a car and say, well, what kind of payments you want a month? And we'll just change the the other numbers right. <laughs> to make it work. Who's determining what two hundred dollars of Google Maps usage looks like? Right. Hmm, let me tell you, Google Maps is telling you exactly. <laughs> so, um, you know, how many client phone calls are about to happen if they haven't already? That says, hey, by the way, uh, that maps that we put on your thing, and you were well within in the free limits. Apparently, you're you're not anymore. But even if you are, we're gonna need to put a credit card on there just in case you're not. Well, let's talk about a company that we know that is going to be impacted by this. We've got, um, Umbraco's got a Google map on it, right? I believe it does. Yes. That's got to see shit tons of traffic just based on the number of users who utilize their, uh, their platform. So, I mean, and that's an open source piece of software. It's not like they got money falling out of their, you know, what's all over the place. So now they're going to have to pony up to use that map or turn the feature off. Yeah. And so that's a terrible alternative. And I was talking about this with some colleagues earlier this week as well. And it's kind of like the worst drug dealer treatment of all time. Not only did you get a taste, but you had probably a decade's worth of free usage. And then you've created not just the beginning of an addiction, like a long term dependency. Yep. Absolutely. That's a great analogy. You know, hey, now now that I know you're a drunk, here's here's I, I'm not going to keep the whiskey from you. I'm just going to charge you more for it. <laughs> you know, it's like, what the hell is going on here? Um, and let's not forget about the other like the industries or the companies that built models on top of Google Maps. So there's companies out there that allow you to do advanced styling. So they've got a you know, they've got an online UI or they've got an API that you can tap into to, you know, create infinite styles of Google Maps. What happens to them? Yeah, I, uh, I'm pretty sure they are asking the same question right now internally going, what does this mean for us, guys? Um, so what happens if uh, you, YouTube, a Google subsidiary, would finally say, you know, YouTube is no longer free, guys. Actually, it is, but you have to give us a credit card until you hit a limit. We won't charge you. And oh, by the way, all this content that was uploaded on here, um, I guess it's ours now. Be, you know, you, you don't have to. You can delete if you want to. But, <laughs> you know, but if you want to keep playing in this game of, of YouTubery, you just, just put a credit card on a file. And you know what? We'll make it easy for you. 
because you already had to put one on for Google Maps, we'll just associate it with your Google account. Now, if you want to use any Google products like Docs, Sheets, Drive, any of these things that were just like, oh, come on in, they're free. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to look at you and say, you know what, they're still free. Up to $200 per month, and you have to give us a billing. You can move right. somewhere else if you want to, but we know how painful it is. And now that we've totally pivoted on you, yeah, really the only thing that's left right now is what should we name the new yacht? Well, they did the same thing with Gmail. They got people sucked in, and all of a sudden you had to pay for accounts. Like some people got grandfathered in, but it's a pay model now. You know, it's X dollars a month per box. And, you know, AdWords tied to the YouTube. Uh, you know, what's going to happen when they just bundle that together. So then you are putting a credit card on file because AdWords is now part of YouTube. And ah! so if you're a company <laughs> that's really big, you probably have staff that's just, hey, we, you guys need something to do. So what we can do is why don't you go work on this free product? Your job is to make it a great free product and get number of active users. You know, that's your job. Knowing full well that our future play in n number of years, if it's actually a good product, we're gonna then monetize on it. Now, from the surface, that's like that sounds great, you know, you know, um, you know, they're offering a free service, and then they're gonna monetize. As a business, that's a great model. But as a consumer, I look at that and go, you know what? I, I have to. You're the only ones offering this, and you you offered it to me for free, and it's the drug dealer thing. Now I'm hooked, and now you're. Now I'm dependent on this, and thanks a lot for all this. And it it just feels really awkward. There's nothing illegal about it. But what enables Google to pro, to keep taking new digital territory, so to speak, is the fact that they're so so much a behemoth, and they have no competition. Who else is doing this? Microsoft. Um, newsflash: If you think Microsoft's competition to most things, uh, let's just call them out: Bing, Zoom, uh, <laughs> Internet Explorer, Zoom. Edge. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I love Microsoft. I'm a .NET developer, but let's just call usually the mo- most of the Microsoft offerings are kind of like the lame stepbrother of of stuff, yeah. and and the Johnny Come Lately lame exactly. Stepbrother. So um, you. For if you're Google, you're like, thank you, Microsoft, because we could actually say we have competition, but we really don't, you know. And, and here's the part that kills me, and this is for our libertarian listeners out there who are saying that this is the prime definition of the free market. The prime definition of the free market is not a giant company like Google building the mountain that they've built by stepping on our backs and using our data to build that empire, and then turning around and taking those billions of dollars that they've accumulated based on that data and then asking us to pay for the service that brought us in in the first place amen it's just (laughs) it's just ridiculous well it's just like so that's not the free market that's not the definition of free market well it's just like facebook doing the same thing and saying but you know what senator from whatever state we're gonna hire twenty thousand moderators with the money that we probably shouldn't have gotten in the first place and the senator goes wow yeah that's you know, you are trying to make a difference. You're making a difference with dirty money, in my opinion. <laughs> it's like, yeah, money that's already been dirty. I know. They, and plus, it probably should be a million moderators, not 20,000. All right. Speaking of dirty, let's segue real quick. So Twitter blasted out a couple of days ago. Oh, by the way, <laughs> funny thing happened. Uh, we've been logging those password things you guys tend to like to use in our internal log. And oh, by the way, GitHub had the same thing a few days prior. Um 
Yeah. What do you think? See, these are audits. So these are audits that are happening because of GDPR or are these audits happening because of Cambridge Analytica? See, I just feel like there's so many of these things coming out right I now. I don't think anyone, I have an opinion. It's for GDPR because I don't think Twitter or any of these guys give a rip about what happened at Facebook. That's a them problem, not an us problem. Gotcha. That, that's, I mean, uh, so what I what I think happened is some clever cat at Twitter and GitHub said, you know what, guys, wouldn't it be great if we were just logging everything that comes into the service for these our own analytics purposes? And so every HTTP request and then not realizing because I worked at a company that did this, <clears throat> not realizing that. Oh, wow. No shit. We're actually logging literally everything coming in, guys. There's some things we shouldn't log. Oh, my gosh. And they have this OMG moment and they go, what what do we do now? Should we disclose? Should we not? The tweet from the CTO of Twitter. Did you see his tweet? He, he, I'm sure I saw it retweeted on my timeline. He a prefaced bunch of times. it with, we didn't have to tell you, but we did. Oh, well, thanks. Thank you for being your, my, you know, the moral police on this, Mr. CTO from Twitter. What the hell? You know, that's a terrifying statement. We didn't have to tell you, but we decided to. He corrected like, a tweet about a half hour later saying, I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> Actually, he wow. played the results, so he should be a politician. So, <laughs> is uh, is Rudy Giuliani uh, the person who does his tweets? Ouch. That's really weird. Ouch. So, um, right, breaking news right here on the uh, Bob and Kevin show. Now, I do applaud Twitter and GitHub for for coming out because I bet you there for every one or two companies that do come out, there's probably fifteen that said, "All right, who knows about this? Do we have to tell anyone?" Okay. Let's let's, you know, it didn't happen. Wink, wink, you know, and I maybe they're not compelled to. So maybe the Twitter CEO is correct. But, you know, again, there comes like this trust thing with with who I'm I'm entrusting my services and my, my interaction with. So I do applaud them for that. However, this is where I usually go into my rant and I say, well, please stop using the phrase. We only hire the best. We have the best and brightest here because apparently the best and brightest are just as fallible as everyone else I've ever worked with. And so quit using that statement when, you know, trying to gain the moral high ground saying, well, we wouldn't do that because we are big company X and, and we have these, we have our own, you know, mojito bars or whatever at every hallway. And we do, we are amazing and we don't make any mistakes bullshit you make just as many mistakes as every other company i think i've ever worked with so anyway rank complete rant complete yes hashtag rank complete all right bob what did we leave on the table man you got me worked up i don't today. think we, i don't think we left much on the table today i think uh we need to talk about where this goes from here are we doing this weekly are we doing this whenever we feel like it we should probably let the people know. Yes. Um, we'll probably uh, need to put out a Twitter know. poll and say, hey, what do you think? How often would you like to hear Kevin do fake Zuckerberg voice? How often would you like to hear us just rant about current topics? What would you like to see in the show, et cetera, et cetera? And we'll probably oh, get I two just, results and we'll probably just have to figure it out on our own. But yeah, you know. I was going to say, I just got triggered when you said Twitter poll. That takes me back to the early days of the BK <laughs> show. Yeah, so uh, I had fun, Bob. I think we'll definitely do it again. Um, this is pre-recorded, so this isn't live. So hopefully, you still got your rocks uh, off there. 
Yeah, no, I, that's funny because when we were talking about the live versus the pre-recorded, and of course we had the conversation yesterday about the uh, soundboard, and I thought that was really funny because you were like, no, no, the soundboard, it, it gives me that feeling, you know, pumps me up that we're live. And I'm like, well, you're the guy who wanted to do the pre-recorded, polished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I reserve the right to be a hypocrite. <laughs> yes, yes. As we all do, uh, when we roll tape back on things, uh we will definitely find that we've probably contradicted ourselves many a times. That's just the complex individuals that we are. So I would say one of the things that we didn't necessarily know if we were going to do is how we were going to close the show, but I think we should do it as we traditionally have done it. All right, Bob. How did we traditionally do it? Uh, you tell me. How did you always end the show? And we did it on video. All right, Bob. Uh, we've got one more piece of business, and that is to... Bring the lightning.